coming up on Lockdown Dodgers, a rough loss for the Dodgers. Bright spot, Tony Gonsolin looked all right. Uh, we'll get into that. Bullpen did not look great. We'll get a little bit into more of them. And we've talked about Tim Anderson, but let's talk about Tim Anderson a little bit more now that we know that the White Sox aren't good. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. If you want to become an everydayer, which means you listen every day, make sure to subscribe in each of those places and you'll never miss a day and become an everydayer like we are. I apologize for today's episode starting a little bit later than normal. Uh, had some technical difficulties. I got locked out of, I only have my work computer right now. I don't have my personal computer and I got locked out and I had to wait till the morning till somebody logged on in order to help me out. So, um, and Jeff, if this is your first time listening, watching, I'm Vince Amperio, musical joined by co-host Jeff Snyder. After this little bit, I'll play a message from Jeff on why he's not here. Uh, but, Real quick, we're both lifelong Dodger fans. We've spent time covering the team, currently cover the team, watched a lot of games at Dodger Stadium, been all over Dodger Stadium. And, uh, you know, we're here to bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And that's what I'm going to do today. But first, real quick, a message from Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, luckily for you guys, I don't ever get sick. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, there's days I miss, but it's not because I'm sick. So. Um, and no, I don't need a knock on wood. I've been saying that for years and I haven't got sick in probably like 10 years or something like that. So whatever. Um, Dodgers did not play well yesterday. It was an ugly game, not a fun game to watch in general. And yeah, I mean, not much bright spots. If there is one bright spot, Tony Gonsolin back on the mound. He wasn't very efficient, but he didn't look terrible. And, you know, obviously once he gets his legs under him, I would imagine he's going to be just fine. He went three and a third innings, didn't give up a run. He did walk three and give up two hits in those three and a third. So like I said, not very efficient and, you know, got beat in the zone a little bit, but getting through those innings, giving the Dodgers those innings, you know, good back in the rotation. That's a good sign, Uh, you know, with him and Julio and Kershaw and May, you know, you're going to have a legitimate chance to win. Each time those guys are on the mound, for the most part, obviously we know Julio had a bad start last game, but I don't expect that to happen very often. And then you got Syndergaard, who we talked about the other day, who at this point you don't know what he's going to give you. But, yeah, I mean, Gonson looked all right. You know, got a strikeout or two. I don't remember how many, but the good part was that he's out there. He's ready to go. He'll be ramped up. Every time out there he'll be, you know, probably the next two times will still be kind of considered rehab starts in a certain sense where he won't be fully fleshed out. But after that, he should be ready to go. And he just adds, obviously, like I mentioned, a different element to the bullpen. Um, you know, he, he talked about it, too, and he, he knew what was up. He said, I threw the way too many balls today. Not necessarily thinking about building up at all. I'm just trying to go out there and pitch for as long as I can. Just need to throw more strikes. Now, th- obviously, this is something we've seen an issue with Gonsolin before in the past of, not being able to throw strikes or maybe 
I want to say like nitpicking the zone a little bit, but maybe nitpicking the zone a little bit. So I don't have an issue. I don't think there's going to be anything with him. I think it's just a matter of he hadn't thrown for or hadn't thrown off a mound really to hitters for almost over a month. And then he was supposed to get a couple, two to three starts in the minors before he came back up, was forced back up. And, you know, everything kind of ramps up from there, even though you're still on a pitch count and you're still, you know, know that the Dodgers didn't expect too much out of you. You're still in a major league game pitching to major league hitters and, you know, whatever the case. But, you know, regardless of all that, he was the only pitcher that didn't allow run yesterday. So. Uh, not necessarily a great sign for the Dodgers, but a good sign for Gonsolin. And now you look at this rotation, like I said, it looks a little bit different with Gonsolin in there instead of Grove. You know, we're still waiting for Pepio to get better, even though he's on the 60 day. So he won't be back until June at the earliest. And by June, there, well, there could be an injury before then, hopefully not. But by June, you know, Noah Syndergaard, they might have a, a more of an idea of what he is and if it's continued if it continues to be what he's been then you know ryan peppy might just step straight into that rotation and you know that's the way it goes so we'll see what happens there um you know the rest of the game dodgers didn't do much offensively they had four total hits good sign freddie freeman had two of those hits he had a single and he had a home run late in the game uh freeman's struggled been struggling a little bit the last few games so it was good to see him going. But other than that, you know, Austin Wins had a little single and Chris Taylor had a single, but Chris Taylor didn't have a single when he had runners on base, uh, when he had potential to do some damage. So, yeah, offensively rough. It's tough when you're down Muncie, you're down Will Smith, you're down somebody else who's out. Either way, it's tough to score runs when you got three guys out. But – even then, you know, between Mookie and Freddie, you know, Mookie's also struggling right now. He went 0 for 4. Freddie went 2 for 4. That's solid. You got Jason Hayward in the three hole, who's hitting 159 on the season. You know, he went 0 for 3. Even Outman had a rough day going 0 for 4. You know, obviously, everyone went 0 for. So, not ideal uh, when everyone's going 0 for. And even if the Dodgers hadn't allowed eight runs it was only going to take two runs to beat them and it's pretty hard to win a lot of games when you're only scoring one run so yeah it was just one of those games where you know after the fifth inning the pirates scored every inning other than the eighth you know they put up two in the fifth one in the sixth five in the seventh like i said every reliever that came in gave up at least one run uh, not ideal. You got two guys in Almonte and Vestia who we're going to talk about next with ERAs in the nines. You know, Phil Bigford came into a tough spot, worked out of it, but then got himself into his own jam the next inning. You know, Justin Brule came into a rough spot. He did okay, but still, you know, a lot of hits given up. And a couple of those were, you know, at least with Brule specifically, he gave up a couple hits to lefties, which they still had the a somewhat of a shift going. So they had Taylor shaded over towards second base, both hits beat them to the right side. One of them would have been an ending ending double play that would have prevented a couple runs from happening that inning. So, yeah, I know obviously, you know, the shift, the Dodgers shift for a reason, but it just didn't work out. And, and, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. You know, it's not like Brule pitched badly, but like I said, two of the three hits that he did give up were ground balls 
to an empty spot in the infield. So what can you do? It happens. So, um, but yeah, we talked about Vestia the other day. I'll talk about Almonte next and just, you know, what, if we can find anything out there that, uh, that shows why he's struggling. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. With eBay guaranteed fit, you can be sure every part you fit needs right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Remember, if you want to listen to the Dodgers home team broadcast of every game, check out SiriusXM or the SXM app and search Dodgers, and you can find them. They play at 9.35 a.m. pretty soon, actually, from when this episode's coming out because this episode is a little bit late. Uh, But, yeah, 9.35 this morning, you'll probably be at work, so throw some headphones on, get the SXM app, search for Dodgers, and you can listen to the home broadcast for every game. So go do that. Okay, so like I mentioned, uh, every reliever that came in gave up runs. Uh, Phil Bickford gave up three hits and two runs and a walk. Justin Brule gave up three hits and one run. Yancy Almonte gave up four hits, a walk, and four runs. Alex Vesia gave up one, two hits and one run. Alex Vesia currently sits at 939 ERA. Yancy Almonte currently sits at a 928 ERA. Alex Vesia, we already talked about, he's struggling with command in the zone. He's struggling with command in general. Um, and for him, the, you know, living at the top of the strike zone with his fastball is his bread and butter. If he's not locating that and getting behind in counts, he doesn't have the velocity to beat you straight up. He doesn't have the slider to beat you straight up. He needs to beat you at the top of the zone with his high spin fastball. And sometimes that doesn't work out. And that's where he's at right now. I'm interested to see when Gratterall comes back, what the decision is, because Andre Jackson was optioned when Tony Gonsolin came up so that, you know, they didn't have that piggyback that we thought they may have, which honestly might have. I don't know if Andre Jackson could have been any worse than the rest of this bullpen did. But when Gratterall comes off the paternity list, which is expected to be Friday, will Vesia get that bump down to the minors? Like you said, he does have an option that is a an option, you know, no pun intended for the Dodgers. And honestly, I think it makes sense. I mean, whatever, for whatever reason, and obviously they can't do this every year because he'll run out of option years, but Vesia came up a couple years ago, struggled, went down, came up lights out last year, struggled a little bit, went or struggled and they had a roster crunch. He went down, came up lights out. I would hope he doesn't, he, that they, you know, like I said, they can't do that every year, but whatever it is, whether it's mechanically, whether it's, you know, it could be pitch clock related. I don't know if anyone's asked him specifically. I don't know if he's spoken to the media, not that I can remember, but even if it was, he's not going to probably admit that. But he's a, you know, an intense guy who slows the game down and maybe the game is a little too fast for him right now and he's out of sorts. 
I don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll see. There's, there's, I doubt he pitches in today's game. Hopefully, they don't need him. Hopefully, Julio can give the the team some length. But it's very possible that, especially the way Victor Gonzalez looked the other day, Justin Brules looked decent. You know, better than Vesia at least over the when in his short time here. So Vesia could be could be seeing the minor leagues on Friday. We'll see. But uh, moving on to Almonte, you know, trying to figure out what the issue is. And, and obviously a lot of this stuff is command with some of these issues, whether it's command in the zone or command throwing strikes. Um, but the interesting part this year compared to last year with Almonte is his sinker, which is his second most used pitch. His first most used pitch is the sweeper, which is down from 47% to 40% used this year. And, you know, I don't know if there is a reason for that. Uh, he is using the sinker a little bit more, barely 3% difference from last year to this year. There's no velocity difference or point or point 0.1 velocity difference from last year. So really nothing. But against his sinker this year, hitters are hitting 417. And he doesn't have – he has a little bit of bad luck, but not really. Expected batting average is 374, so there's not that much difference. An expected slugging of 510. He's getting a whiff percentage of 10% when last year his whiff percentage on his sinker was uh, 25%. So that's a huge difference. He's not getting the swing and miss. Last year, you know, getting that swing and miss 21% of the time. This year, 12.5% of the time. So the sinker is the issue. Now it's a matter of why is it the issue? Well, it's probably because he's throwing it a lot more in the zone than he was last year. Uh, You know, looking at the chart here on Baseball Savant, there is a lot in the zone, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to see last year how it looked last year. Let me see. Last year. Okay, so last year he was low in a wave to righties for the most part, or no, inside. Inside to righties, low and away to lefties, lower in the zone, throwing more strikes. This year, his sinker is living a little bit higher than it did last year. It's kind of all over the place, and he's throwing more. He's not throwing as many strikes. So not as well, he's not getting the swing and miss, but he's throwing more. He's throwing less strikes. So it's one of those where if you know a guy doesn't have the command, and at this point, you know they're studying these guys and they know, hey, this guy. If he's not throwing the sweeper, he doesn't have a sinker. You can look for, you know, he's not throwing the sink. It's either a ball or, or a strike. There's not too many close calls here. And that's where you lose the swing and miss. And that's what Almonte is doing. He's, you know, not beating you in the zone. He's not beating you out of the zone. But he's also not in the zone enough for you to, you know, you see the pitch, you can spit on it easy. You know it's not the strike. He's not throwing it for a strike when he needs to. And it's a lot easier to sit on pitches that way. And I think that's the main issue. You know, I don't think it's too much of a usage issue. Like I said, there is a 7% difference in using the sweeper than he did last year, a 3% difference in using the sinker. He is, he is using the changeup a little bit more than he did last year, but barely. Uh, but the changeup is also getting hit. There's a 500 batting average against his changeup. A little bit more bad luck there, an expected batting average of 396. But that's still an expected batting average of 396. So it's not like he's pitching well with it last year his changeup. um i mean he's getting more swing and miss on it but last year he only threw 31 changeups this year he's already thrown 26 changeups so it's a little bit different last year he threw you know 54 four seam fastballs this year he's only thrown 21 which i'm you know he's gonna beat that at some point 
So, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the answer is other than, you know, throw more strikes and get guys to be thinking more in the zone. I don't really see it as a sequence issue, um, although, you know, it might be. It's a little bit different when you have, you know, and he was struggling before they got Austin Wynn, so I can't say like, oh, you know, a new catcher, maybe he's struggling a little bit. He was already struggling before that. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's back to throwing that sweeper, you know, 50% of the time almost and, you know, lowering that sinker usage. And maybe that's why the sinker was so good last year because, you know, he he was – even though it's not a huge difference, you know, when you're in a, in a bat, you know, even one extra sinker compared to a sweeper – Every time you're at bat is a big difference, especially when it's a lot easier to hit uh, because it, it has that movement, but, you know, it's still easier to hit and it's harder and, you know, it's easier to hit than a sweeper uh, in that sense. So, yeah, uh Sal Monte, you got to figure it out. Um, let me see. If anything, let's look at movement. If anything, his sweeper has left movement than last year. He's down. Yeah, he's down 11% on vertical movement, and he's down 17% on horizontal movement compared to last year on his sweeper. The sinker is moving more and breaking more than last year. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's breaking too much, and that's why it's not he's not being able to throw for a strike. I don't know. Like I said, we can only look at the data and see what the issue is. We can't fix it. Uh, Dave Roberts talked about his relievers after the game and you know, pretty much said, the consistency of these guys hasn't been there for the most part, but if you look at the track record, the track records are pretty good. So I'm going to keep running them out there and expecting good things when they go out there until ultimately something changes. Now, the difference with years past and this year is that they are going to be looking like they're fighting for a playoff spot for the most part. You know, the, the Padres haven't really taken off, so and the Diamondbacks are playing well, but probably paying to what they're supposed to be playing. So you know, the NL West isn't that strong right now in terms of record-wise. Uh, but there's going to be a point where the Dodgers have to make some decisions on some of these guys and figure it out because they do need to win more games and they do need to stop allowing runs in the later innings and they do need to start scoring more runs. So, you know, there it's we're not a full month into the season yet, so it's still a little bit early. But once we get to that month mark, once they kind of figure out, OK, who this team is, what this team is, once they get everybody back healthy and if they're still struggling they're you know, they're going to have to find some decisions and make some decisions and, you know, with. Daniel Hudson out till at least the end of May. Jimmy Nelson made a, a rehab appearance the other day. We'll see when he'll be ready to come back. You know, you got Alex Reyes waiting, but that's not till the end of June. You know, there's not a lot of reinforcements down there. Victor Gonzalez came up and, like I said, hopefully he can replicate what he did in 2020, and that would be a big boost to this bullpen. Uh, you know, getting Gratterall back this weekend, that's obviously a boost to the bullpen. Getting Evan Phillips back, he pitched the other day. You know, that's a boost. But for all the progress they make, you know, and that's why I said it the other day. I said it's too early to be like, oh, this is the game that turns the season around because it's we don't know, man. They they last Thursday was the game that turned the season around. They lost 13-0 the next day and almost got perfect game. You know, yesterday was oh, this could be a potential game that turns the season around, five run comeback, blah, blah, blah. And then they lose eight one the next day. So like this team just doesn't have that consistency for you to count on them uh on any given day. So and that starts, you know, starts with the bullpen. It doesn't start with the bullpen, but the bullpen's a big part of it. And, you know, for every couple of days when we think, oh, man, maybe the bullpen's back, uh, there's a day like yesterday where everybody in the bullpen gives up runs. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, Greta all is back this weekend. 
I'm interested to see who gets the sent the motion down to the minors. So, all right. Uh, Tim Anderson, Mike Petriello from MLB.com brought up Tim Anderson yesterday after the White Sox lost again. The White Sox are now 10 games under 500. And he said, so Tim Anderson is a Dodger shortstop by what, like July 15th or something like that. So let's talk about Tim Anderson and what a potential deal could look like. And, you know, should the White Sox be looking to trade him? So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. And yeah, it's one of those things where you might react a certain way in a lot of situations and you just think that's you and you don't know why. And you know, there's there's almost always a reason why you react certain ways and you can figure that out by talking through things. Better help help connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. You know, you can learn how to set boundaries. You can learn how to cope with things. You can learn how to live on a daily basis. Empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So better help can help you out. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. Thanks for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every single day. And if you want to listen to the Dodgers home broadcast on today's game, which is at 9.35 a.m., Julio Diaz on the mound for the Dodgers, go listen to SiriusXM or the SXM app and search Dodgers, and you can listen to that home broadcast happening here in about an hour from when this episode drops. It might already be started, if depending when you listen to this episode, but... All right, uh, last thing, Tim Anderson, like I mentioned, uh, the White Sox lost yesterday. They're now 10 games under 500. Mike Petriello from MLB.com tweeted, you know, so Tim Anderson is a Dodger by, what, July 15th, something like that. And, yeah, he says, so Tim Anderson is a Dodger shortstop by, what, July 15th. Sounds good to me. You know, we've talked about shortstop. We've talked about Tim Anderson and you know what that means for the Dodgers and honestly at this point I don't know what the White Sox they were you know they made the playoffs in 2020 they won their division in 2021 they looked like the hot one of the hot young teams with the core ready to go and then everything just kind of fell apart with injuries and ineffectiveness and um, now they're looking like one of the worst teams in baseball and when you're one of the worst teams in baseball and you have guys that you know probably aren't part of your long-term plan at this point you trade them and you try to get younger players that could be part of that, you know, long-term uh, or could be part of your team's long-term or at least when you're good again. So Tim Anderson is one of those guys. Tim Anderson is signed through the end of this year and has a team option for, I believe, 14 million in 2024. So it would be one of those things where it costs a little bit more in terms of prospects potentially because you're not getting just one year, you know, you're not getting half a season of Tim Anderson. You're getting one and a half seasons of Tim Anderson. Uh, you know, Tim Anderson is a very good hitter. He's been an all-star the last two years. Uh, he was hitting around 300 before he got hurt this year. He's currently injured. So obviously they're going to have to monitor that in order to, you know, if 
to see if he's worthy of it. But you talk about a guy that gets on base at a decent clip. That's Tim Anderson. You talk about a guy that hits at a better clip. That's Tim Anderson. Let's just look at since 2019, he hit 335, led the league in, in batting average, hit 322 in 2020, 309 in 2021, 301 in 2022, hitting 298 currently. Now, that doesn't necessarily translate. He doesn't walk very often, you know, on base percentage. He had it at 357 in 2019, 2020, which is okay. Uh, but then it, you know, drops down to 338, 339, 327 in the last three years, which is okay. Um, but you're Sometimes, you know, the Dodgers have a lot of guys that have good at-bats. You know, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, Mookie Betts sometimes. He's he's not always the most patient, but, uh, you know, James Altman's proven to be that way so far this year. Uh, Will Smith, for the most part, is not as aggressive. So the, the Dodgers have a lot of guys like that. Sometimes you just need a guy that's good in there and swing the bat. And Trey Turner was similar to that. You know, Trey Turner got in there, didn't walk very often, got in there, swung the bat, and, you know, did pretty well for the Dodgers. And Tim Anderson is similar. He's not maybe not as much power as Trey Turner, um, but just as good a hitter as Trey Turner and and not as fast, but, you know, pretty fast. And defensively, he's solid. So he's a guy that makes sense. Now, you look at the Dodgers roster, you know, are the 40 men, or you just like, you know, what could it, what would it take to get? And obviously, You'd have to look at the White Sox and see, but with the White Sox the way they are, I'm pretty sure they'll take anyone. You know, they're they're not looking for specific positions to help them get better. They're probably going to be in the midst of a little bit of a rebuild, or you know, depending if they sell off a couple guys this come this season. Um, so you look at it, and you know, a guy like Ryan Pepio obviously stands out. He's injured right now, but um, you know, I don't think. I think the Dodgers can get Tim Anderson without trading Bobby Miller or Gavin Stone or Diego Cartaya. I think those three names are ultimately off the table. Now you do have guys like, in that sense, Dalton Rushing. Um, he's a guy that, you know, they have Yasmani Grandal catcher right now. He's probably not going to be there much longer. So Dalton Rushing is a guy that's 22 years old. He's a solid prospect, number seven in the Dodgers organization. He's a guy that could be major league ready in the next couple of years. Obviously, he's in only in high A right now, but I would imagine he ends the season at least in double A, maybe even triple A, depending how things go. Um, so that's a one guy. You got guys like, you know, Pepio and Rushing might be a one that can get you that. Uh, Andy Pajes and Pepio or Andy Pajes. And, you know, I think it's going to cost two of your mid-tier guys. So, you know, Cartaya, Miller, Gavin Stone off the table. Uh, so then you go into that next tier of Bush, Pepio, Pajes, Rushing. Um, probably at least one of those guys, maybe two of those guys potentially, which, you know, Michael Bush at this point, unless they plan on giving him more time the rest of the year, like unless they know like, okay, if, if Peralta keeps struggling, if Hayward keeps struggling, if Trace Thompson keeps struggling, we're going to bring Michael Bush up and we're going to have him play some outfield and move around the infield when we need him. That's then you keep Michael Bush. But if not, you know, if and, and it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of need to figure out what the White Sox want. Are they looking for future help? Or are they looking for guys that can help in the next year or so? They're looking for guys that can help in the next year or so. That's where Bush and Pepio stand out. They're looking for guys down the line. That's where Pajes and Rushing stand out. You know, you get down further on the list. You get, you know, Nostrini, Frasso, those type of guys. 
Uh, River Ryan's one that expected to make a big jump. So you get down to those type of guys. Maddox Brown just had a really good start in low A so far this season. So I think it's going to cost you at least two of those guys, maybe two and like a flyer, you know, guy down down the way for the Dodgers. So I think that's what it would cost. And it's just a matter of do the White Sox want guys that can help out in 2024, 25, or do they want guys that can help out in 2025 and beyond? And it's, you know, between, like I said, Paez rushing, Pepio Bush, and then you get down to Nestrini, Frasso, River Ryan, uh, if they want some arms, maybe even Maddox Bruns, if they want some arms that are further away. So I'm down for that. I'm good with that. If any of, you know, combination, obviously we would want to give two of those top guys away. So then get away with one and, you know, one of the next tier, then that'd be ideal. But when it comes down to it, you're going to get a year and a half of an all-star caliber shortstop that can sit near the top of your lineup or in the middle of the lineup or toward the bottom of the lineup. Like you can put them wherever you're at. Um, if the Dodgers do get, you know, a top or a different shortstop or if they, you know, want to say, hey, Gavin, lecture the shortstop next year, you know, he we saw Tim Anderson play second base in the World Baseball Classic. I don't think he'd want that, but he wouldn't have much choice. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to become an everydayer and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube if you search for Locked On Dodgers. Make sure to tell your friends and family about us. Remember, if you want to listen to today's game at 9.35 a.m. Pacific time, check out SiriusXM or the SXM app. Search Dodgers. You can listen to the home broadcast. The Dodgers went for a series win today, so go check that out. You can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about today's game with Julio on the mound. Hopefully a Dodgers win. You can find us every fine. I already told you that. Uh, you can get a hold of us via DM. I'm at Vincent91. Jeff is at Snydog or at Lockdown Dodgers. You can also find us or get a hold of us via email, LockdownDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, text Smart Device Play Podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.